0: Looks like Cyril's going to get that tattoo on his butt as well, Max.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that.
0: <laughs> nice big Red Bull.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. I'm sure you loves love that. Welcome back to another episode of Really Grid. As always, I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined by Jashan.
2: Uh just eating some wasabi
1: at the moment. Thank you. Nice. Spence is here as well this time.
0: Grazie. Grazie. Forza Ferrari. And forza Danny Ricardo, bitches.
1: But uh, this week, we uh, get a little bit excited about Danny Ricardo inducing tattoos on other men. <laughs> we dwell on Alex Albon for An awfully long time, but don't mention his penis once. Pretty big. <laughs> and as always, as it seems these days, we uh, have quite a bit of speculation on the potential grid for next season. All that and more on this week's episode of Rear the Grid. Yeah. In review of the Eiffel Grand Prix, an alright race wasn't wasn't too bad. Um, Same old, same old outcome, and I suppose Chisham quite appropriately leads us to uh, this week's edition of Hamilton Facts. Mm. Pray tell us what he's done this week.
2: Um, well, he failed to get the fastest lap, which I think is important to mention. Probably should retire, shouldn't he? And in doing so, you know, he failed to get the lap record, which he do- he does most weeks. So that was, you know, unfortunate for him. But he did match Michael Schumacher's record of ninety-one wins. Did he now? Yes, and he also got a new helmet. We should be well, very happy about.
1: Technically, it's an old helmet.
2: True, a new old helmet. I know, it's something to put up on his wall, you know, alongside the other trophies. You know, you got, you got Nico Rosberg's decapitated head is over there. and
1: But, but Rosberg beat him.
2: A framed photo of Toto Wolff, you know. Signed?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. With Toto's perfume on it as well. Sorry, his cologne. Yeah, yeah. No, he wears so he cologne, So you can smell man, it and man. think of him. Mm. I bet he smells real good. He looks like, like. He, he smells good, old Toto.
1: Do you see, um, he put up a nice nice preachy post on like social media today or yesterday or something talking about how um he changed his dog to a vegan diet recently and it's like really helped Roscoe's health. And wow. I was like, that's great, that's great, Lewis. Thanks for thanks for sharing that.
0: I feel like dogs have historically eaten meat. He just does anything he can to make you think that he's a fuckhead, doesn't he? He really does. <laughs> like he can drive a race car, but dear god he's a wanker. Oh, I like the Lewis Hamilton that was dating the pussycat doll. Driving in McLaren with the fucking neon orange. Now look at him.
1: Great, great driver, and you know, but he has he has got one of the least like. just per, for personal taste, he has got one of the least likable off track personas of anyone on the grid.
2: I mean, you just. You could tell from the very first corner that he was going to win this race. You know, like, that first corner, he just, he pushes well, Bottas mean, wide. Yeah, He's like, Bo- nah, mate, get out the way.
1: I, but I disagree, because then at the second corner, Bottas was like, no, fuck yeah, you, and pushed you just, back in front of him. You me. just tell so Hamilton, I Hamilton think, wanted this. Hamilton I think, I think Bottas this. did as well. I, this, this was Bottas's, I still think this was possibly Bottas's race up until the technical fault. He'd, he'd obviously mm. had the lock up which had, had he yeah, had the exactly. lockout, which had dropped him back, but he was still showing good solid pace. Like Hamilton had he, still passed him though. Yes.
0: I just I just don't think there's anybody that can get into Lewis Hamilton's mirrors that's gonna really worry him. But then on the flip side, uh, I think Nico Rosberg had a little video saying that any time you had Hamilton in your reviews, um, that was like the most stressful like time you could have in F one. Like he's just like like you said, showing like after the last race he wasn't he wasn't gonna let this one not be a W and mm. yeah, he just he just has another level that I think I don't know if he reserves it for certain situations or like, you know, it has to sort of come out. I mean not that his lack of top form is, you know, too far from the top either, but yeah, from from the lights it just seemed like Hamilton was gonna was gonna get the job done. Even though Bottas outqualified him pretty pretty handily, didn't he? Yeah. yeah and yeah, I mean,
1: qualifying lap was very, very impressive. Yeah, triple
2: purple. Which
1: is, I mean, that's that, that's still my one point. You yeah, obviously Hamilton, but Hamilton got past him when Bottas locked up, did he? Yeah, think, yeah,
0: yeah. So Hamilton I mean, was like on his ass. I
1: know Hamilton,
0: and I think it's a, it, that's the combination, right? Is he locked up because he had Lewis Hamilton just breathing down his neck?
1: But you know, that's the, we we can never say for sure whether or not Bottas would have been able to come back through and whether or not. You know, because I think he probably would have put it... I think that might have put him on an alternate strategy to Hamilton. And that strategy could have ended up proving the more racy way to go. We'll just never know. Because obviously another 10 laps later or whatever. And his car gave up on him. Yeah. Much like the viewing audience.
2: <laughs> we gave up on him a while ago. You are part of the viewing audience? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so I am part of the viewing audience. I do. I, I, watch, I watch every single... Free practice highlight video. There wasn't a lot of highlights this, this weekend, apart from Nicholas Latifi and George Russell having a bit of a play around with the old uh, time boards there. Only points they'll be getting this year. Oh! Russell. Don't <laughs> kick them all that
1: down. There's still time. On, that, em. on that fact... Fuck them. <laughs> on, <that fact, laughs> on that fact, a little, a little alarming that uh, George Russell is up to... Obviously, this can't happen, but George Russell is now up to fifth on the list of most race starts without... Points. Yes. Um, he's only 12, 7, something. It's not a very. It's not a. Oh, no, it's, it's 20 18, something. It's, no, it was like 18 or something. It was 20 something. It's, 22, I think. It, a total start, but like. Th- races entered and races started are two different things. Like, oh, back in the day, okay. you didn't always qualify. So he's only like 18 races started. So sometime next season, if he doesn't get points by the middle of next season, he will have the most starts in Formula One. Without points. But obviously that is an active statistic, you know, once you've scored points, you're no longer a driver to have never scored points. Really? Um, yeah, shrewd. I know. Shrewd! It's, it it's crazy. Very shrewd! Like that, it? Mm. Um, he had a mixed weekend. He was solid, but not spectacular by his standards in qualifying. And then he was having an okay-ish race until Kimi Räikkönen decided to use him as a break.
2: Oh, no, Kimi and lost control of it.
1: Oh, so Kimmy makes not... a mistake and it's ah, oh, Kimmy lost the control a bit. It's yeah, it's Kimmy's fault. Okay, but George does anything wrong, and he's the worst driver in the history of the sport.
2: Never said I that. I mean, he's only half season again. away
0: from being it, isn't he? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Thank that's, you. Kimmy yeah. made a mistake, and that's obviously a bad thing. But Kimmy also has a fucking Championship and twenty odd races, race wins. I
1: agree, but Kimmy's so the. You, you can't compare Kimi Raikkonen
2: to George Russell. No, I know. But you I've also so been can't. saying all year that Kimi Raikkonen should retire, which apparently is not going to happen now.
1: Well, why you don't retire from your hobby? That's not how hobbies work.
0: I despise you.
1: <laughs> well, you <laughs> yeah, you you're you, you you retire. But well, You know, he's never going to retire because you retire from a job, not from a hobby. And getting,
2: is he not getting paid? But he
1: says this is his hobby.
2: Yes, okay. Well So he he's viewing it as a hobby that he incidentally earns money for, so why is he gonna retire from it? I'm saying I've been saying all year he should oh, he stop should, he racing should, in Formula. He should, One. He should. Because he mistakes does. like this tarnish his legacy. I mean It was a bad look.
1: Yeah, but like everyone's done that. That's that's not a yeah, legacy. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah, not yeah. a legacy tarnishing incident.
2: Yeah, you know, if he keeps, you know, racing and racing and it's just bad and bad. Oh and bad. yeah,
1: sure. But like that, but it was it was unfortunate. It took Russell out of the race. He was uh, you know he was in a reasonable enough position. Uh-huh. Um, I have literally no idea where to
2: go. Yeah, George. Yeah, George Russell got knocked out. But yeah, I mentioned Kimi Raikkonen will likely stay on. Helmet Marco, who obviously has zero ties to Alfa Romeo, and Sauber. Has has said that he believes that Kimi Raikkonen will partner Mick Schumacher next year, and
1: I think it, I think at this point that it, the cat is pretty much out of the it bag. It looks like the array pairing is going to be Raikkonen and Schumacher.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and it looks, I think, increasingly likely that it will be Nikita Mazepin at
2: Haas, and mm. I think maybe with Schwartzman alongside him. Yeah, you think that because the double drop,
1: I think you so, don't yeah. think
2: Roman Grosjean has worked his way into the back into the team there I mean, with his points finish. He,
1: he did. He, he finished in the points. It's a good weekend for Grosjean and Haas. It was an impressive drive. He I mean, he celebrated an impressive star with uh two pints. Two yeah, two points for two points. points so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely flipped my entire image on Grosjean. I
0: think that's what he's doing. I think that's what he's doing. That's a smart thing. I think he's starting to see like the writings on the wall, um, and he's never going to be like the guy. But if Grosjean can become the mentor for a young F2 driver coming through the ranks, that could extend his driving career by, you know, anywhere from three to five seasons, which with the money that they're earning, even the lowest earners are still earning a pretty um, pay packet. I would
1: say that that would be a huge thing. I think if you look at that pairing at Haas, who yes, obviously Grosjean has had his many misadventures, but if you look at Grosjean and Magnussen... Which, who do you want to mentor your young driver? Mm. I'm pretty sure it's a fairly easy, you're picking Grosjean. Nothing in Kevin Magnuson's personality says, yes, I'd like to mentor a youngster and I'll give him great advice.
0: Yeah. And Grosjean's been through the thick of it. Like he, like, you know, it's not necessarily like a, a partnership of, you know, Schumacher and Rosberg of like, these were the things that I did right. It's more... These are the things that I didn't do so well, or these are the things yeah. that like went pear-shaped for me. Don't do these things, and you'll be doing better off. And yeah. like you said, with the personality, Grosjean is way more likable than Kevin Magnussen. Oh, no, There's yeah. nothing against Magnussen. Magnussen is just a bit of a a wet blanket. And at least, yeah, like on that drive to survive, Magnussen just always seemed like whiny and bitchy and everything else. He's got Whereas a very Grosjean, he was just angry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Whereas, And I think I think Roman Grosjean is someone who would actually get a lot out of and take great satisfaction from imparting something back on the next generation of drivers. Mm. Oh, shit, yeah. And as you said, that's the thing. If he knows it's short him up for a seat for another three seasons and, you know, gives him a purpose... Because the other thing is, I just don't know whether he's got his heart in it to keep, tr- you know, trundling around in a horse at the back of the field. But if he's doing that and, you know, potentially, like, you know mentoring a Robert Schwartzman, and then in...
0: Yeah, man.
1: ...30 years' time, when Schwartzman's a three-time champion or something, Grosjean can look back and tell his grandkids, hey, like, you know, I taught, him that I taught him his first tricks of the trade. That's something he could probably look back on with a lot of satisfaction, so it gives him a reason to be there.
0: There is no shame in being one of the top 20 in the world in anything. That's oh, what Grosjean not. is right now. And look at Raikkonen. Like, I would honestly say, like, watching, like, the all the press, like, stuff that they do and all the, like, you know, wacky, funny videos. I honestly think that Joe is probably Kimi's, like, like, teammate that he's had the most fun with. And I think that's because at this stage, like, Kimi Räikkönen kind of knows, or, like, this guy isn't really my rival anymore. This is just, like, this is my dude. Like, he, him and Vettel seem to get along, but driving for Ferrari anytime your teammate finishes above you, it's looking bad on you. Um, and he's completely turned around. Like, he's become a lot, like, you know, more like tongue-in-cheek with the media, like a little bit like funny and like blasé with it. And I can see that from Grosjean more than I can with Magnuson. And yeah. what I do with most people is like, would I enjoy having a beer with you? And I think I'd have much more fun having a beer with Grosjean than I would Magnussen. Therefore, Magnussen,
1: you got so many things You're you out. could talk to Grosjean. And I think Grosjean strikes me as a man, like, a, I, I don't want to say a man of culture, but like, you know, like...
2: The man these, of culture there's <laughs> things you
1: could talk to Roman Grosjean about he, feel, he strikes you as having like a diverse set of interests and like lots of different stuff you could talk to him about whereas to read Martin, between, between the like, lines
0: of what Hume is trying to say is how many girls have you slept with Roman a lot, I thought so <laughs> is this I before or de- after the haircut, both ooh I see, I see that's, de-
1: that's definitely one of the things you could talk to him about whereas you know Kevin Magnuson probably just keeps his in a nicely well-organized
2: spreadsheet. You and K-Mag can talk about beard fashion, though.
1: He'd just tell me to lick his balls and then walk away. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, suck suck his balls. Big difference.
2: He's he's got a bit of anger to him, you know? Punching doors.
1: Do not fuck smash my door. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him he doesn't... Roman
2: Grosven can teach Schwartzman or Mazepin how to drive dangerously and crash into people. It'll be very interesting to see how that develops. <clears throat> and you can raise them to be the next head of the union as well. Hey, there you go.
1: Yes, what we, what we want is a Russian in charge of things.
2: You got? Are you seriously bringing race into this right now, dude? Yes. You're, you are You are. disgusting. You honestly... You appall me. We had a Russian this week get absolutely fucked by a tie, Was man. A race? And you're trying to say that the Russians are the enemy? Yes. Come on, Matthew. Come on, Matthew. Kvyat's the victim. Kvyat is the victim. He's just uh, trying to race. Kvyat hasn't been the victim since he came into Formula One. But it, has he torpedoed anybody this year? No. He's just racing. He's doing his thing. The car objection. To- he torpedoed himself in Great Britain. That was a that was a tyre failure, Matthew.
0: I'm starting to think that I'll just shine here might be getting a little bit of a. Uh... Eastern sponsorship If you know, I was going to say he's 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 subtle, subtle, pretty bloody switching quickly harons. whenever that R word happens Wait, <laughs> like Deshaun just like just completely off like your own chest what are your thoughts on communism and go
2: communism. I'm not a huge communist
0: but I do oh. think I'm
2: not a huge fan of the commies but um I'm, I'm actually a big capitalist guy I'm, I'm here to make money and that's what this podcast is all about <laughs> making cash money <laughs>
0: yeah
2: and the money opinion is that Danny Kviat has driven very well since I want to say Italy. Yes, he's he, he scored points twice in a row. Yeah, he was looking good. Yeah. and then this week, you know, he's trundling along. Has a bit of a he has a bit of a mistake there, and then Alex Albon's just like swerve, aloe, off you go, bud. I'll give you a money opinion, though. Okay? You I do
0: realize bad. that if if Gasly, oh, yeah. if you take away Gasly's win. He still scored double as many points as Kvyat. Oh, I know.
2: Pierre Gasly has scored, No, I think he now has three times the points of Danny Fiat. But 80, we all know that Gasly is arguably the driver of the season so far. Yes. he's. like I mean, know.
1: okay, but I think the thing with Danny Kvyat is he's not a bad Formula 1 driver, he's more than serviceable, but to a certain extent... He has reached
0: his ceiling.
1: Like, and especially... especially in and uh, if anything, Kvyat might get unlucky in that he is in an era where we're possibly about to be blessed with a, and we already sort of have been in the sense of George Russell, Lando Norris, and on select select weekends, Alex Albon. But we're about to be blessed with a, by the looks of it, a wealth of riches in terms of young drivers in Formula One.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's not even counting That's Max the kind and of era
1: where being serviceable just doesn't get you no. by. Any other error. if you're serviceable, you can end up with a 15-year career in Formula 1 because you're a steady hand and you can just bounce around in lower-end teams. But because Kvyat's part of the Red Bull academy and because I don't think that's what any of Williams, Haas and Alfa Romeo want at the moment, they're mm. much more interested in getting in some youth. No. He's time like unless unless guys the only way Kvyat is staying on the grid is if Red Bull is going for the option of re-promoting Gasly and Albon is completely out of the sport. Because otherwise, I'm pretty sure they're bringing someone into that Affatari seat and it's not going to be at the expense of Gasly. So Kvyat no. is done. And I no would be surprised...
0: I would I would be surprised at the end of the season if Perez doesn't have a, a seat and Kvyat does. Because like if Perez is on the market at the end of the year... AlphaTauri have to do whatever they can to bring him in. I budget. agree. And, like, if a guy like Perez is going to be, like, a free agent, it doesn't bode well for your I mean, you got Hulkenberg Magnusons, as well. For your,
2: yes. Which
0: yeah. We'll get to. Exactly. You've got two guys on the outer looking in. Um, and at the moment, well, we've theorised that there's potentially a Mercedes spot, but I doubt it. Um, there's a Red Bull spot. There's two Alpha spots. And... I think the bottom three teams, all their. Oh no, Williams have their drivers. Yeah, signed so th- In theory, right? there
1: is still two. There's two seats at Haas. There's a seat at Alpha Romeo because I'm
2: pretty Seated pretty, pretty sure Kimi
1: is locked in without so having said. locked in. It looks like,
2: like a seat. At, it's Kimi and Mick Schumacher. And a seat at Red Bull Mercedes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's there's five open spots. We would theorise. And okay. And that includes having to fill them with Albon, Perez.
2: Hulkenberg, theoretically, and the youngsters. Hulkenberg,
0: yeah. So that leaves only, if those three guys are in, that leaves only two young spots to come in. We're assuming that Mick Schumacher is taking one of those. So that means that there would be one spot. Because like, unless, I don't know, like, the only thing I could see is that Perez and Hulkenberg wait because they don't want to be driving for one of those like lower-class like teams. I could see Perez maybe doing that. But I feel like with Hulkenberg, I think he just seems to be the type of dude where if there's a spot that's open, like you'll just take it and run with it.
1: I think, I think, to be honest, at the end of the day, the way it is shaping up, and if, Ma- if it's turns out that Mazapin's daddy's is buying Haas and they also want to go with Youth and Robert Schwartzman or keeping Grosjean as like a mentor, but like unless one of Perez or Hulkenberg goes to Red Bull... I don't see a scenario where both of those guys are going to be on the grid next year because the Alfa Romeo seats are gone, so that leaves... And, like, unless the only way this changes is if this pay dispute between Hamilton and Mercedes actually boils over to the point that Lewis says, you know what, I've won seven titles, I've won the most races in history, I could keep setting the records, I would like to keep setting the records... But also, I could literally go off and do anything else I wanted in my life and get paid mint for it. Fuck you, I'm out. Mm. And then suddenly, obviously, like, he probably sees Russell or, or an elaborate play for Gasly or Verstappen, maybe if he's unhappy. But that, that hmm. sees that someone, someone suddenly leaps up to Mercedes and that opens up a seat further down the grid. But if that doesn't happen, Alfa Romeo is full. There's nah. maybe one seat at Haas that goes to Perez or Hockenberg. That's the only spot. If yeah. they don't get that Red Bull, I guess maybe AlphaTauri seat. But I'd imagine the AlphaTauri seat will be to a young driver. And considering, um, don't know whether you saw this weekend, uh, Yuki Tsunoda yeah. was at the factory getting a seat fit, so that he can do. I think that was just so he's he can doing run the young
2: driver test. Yeah, and I thought he
1: might have been going to do some sort of running. And he had at a shake down. He's going to have a shake down at Imola. In yeah, in a An um, old auto, auto spec, auto spec car. Um, but you'd think that he's all part of the process of assuming he would get his super license. And I'd imagine, based off the way the rules have changed anyway, if Yuki Tsunoda comes fifth or something, they could probably be like, ah, you know, 2020, weird year, and waive some cash and get him yep. a super license. So I think I, I'm starting to swing back around to I think Yuki Tsunoda's in that seat next year.
2: That is which, li- likely. You likely see our or maybe Albon and and Verstappen will leave Red Bull, but then AlphaTauri likely Gasly and Sunoda. But yes. the, the the asterisk is that Honda is just fucked over Red Bull. Maybe they think to themselves, you know what, screw it, we'll just l- fuck him off. Even yeah, if he is but, the most talented guy.
1: I think uh, that's the, the, I think the sort of the opinion we're seeing with this even that they possibly they've gone. You know what. He's actually good enough. You know, we'll just poach him off, like, poach him off Honda. He's good. He's warranted his spot. He, he's part of our academy. Because, like, he's technically kind of in the Red Bull Academy because those two things are fused at the moment, I mm. think. Um, so, that's the. I think the only spot for Perez or Hulkenberg in terms of the greater Red Bull family is that actual Red Bull seat. And it does... I think it would be the sensible thing to... And I think we're seeing more and more people start to really hold that opinion of Albon... Just doesn't, just isn't producing enough, and maybe it's the that car and how hard it is to drive. But even if that's the case, clearly Albon's not capable of driving it. You've got to try someone else and see if they can, because as you like, I don't know if Spencer, if you've got that um graphic you sent us earlier up in front of you. What's the points the um? Well, okay, I'm looking at so Albon's only scored thirty percent of um, yeah. Red Bull's points to Vissapin's seventy percent this season. That is. The oh, look! Okay, the only the only bigger one. I mean, that's, okay, there's quite a few other, but like you compare that to Mercedes, which is a sixty. No, piece, the only yeah, ones yeah, is yeah, Ferrari
0: it's, it's and big. Alpha
1: and um, racing HD. Racing Point
0: for that for that level of yeah. car and like which that's like a split of two hundred and ten points. Like so, Verstappen is getting that car one hundred and fifty yeah. points. The Albon sixty. Perez has scored more points than Albon, and he's missed two races. Stroll's ne- like nearly scored as many points as him. Norris has scored more points. Ricardo has scored more points. Carlos Sainz, who's had a wretched season, has scored 13 less points than Albon in that Red Bull, which we believe is the second best car in oh, the world. Well, yeah. That just you saw this out. weekend. Yeah.
2: Max Verstappen took fastest lap, and even Hamilton at the end of the yeah. race was like, "They are quick. Like they yeah. nearly had me." You know? Yeah, yeah. And that,
1: that's the thing. If you look at where yeah. they are comparatively, like the teams with bigger points gaps than that. Renault Renault has a similar situation, Ricardo to Ocon. It's a little bit closer, but again, we've now all on this podcast pretty much unanimously agreed we just don't think Ocon's got it and we don't see him in the sport for that much longer. It's Ferrari, where we've all agreed that one of the drivers is just completely mentally checked out and the team has checked out on him and they just don't care. Alpha Tauri, where we've yeah. already sort of said the aforementioned Gasly's been driver of the season and he's obviously, you know now one of the top drivers, whereas Kvyat is... He's doing you know, good. ...serviceable. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it's the small teams with weird situations. It's like, yeah, okay, Grosjean has scored 66% of Haas's points to Magnussen's... Well, that, that's two points to one
2: point. That's not relevant.
1: That's that's it, it's not relevant. For all the teams with discernible amounts of points, it's the ones where, yeah, there's either, like, a very, like, extenuating circumstances, or it's visible that, you know, this guy's really good... This guy's really not and we don't think he should be around much longer. And Albon that's a thing. Albon's falling into that category. Uh, well, is, like what's he doing to justify the idea? Albon him?
0: just Is Albon's ceiling just a Kivia? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a very similar sort of like situation except the issue is is that like I draw into it like draw onto it a little bit, but Christian Horner said in season one of Drives to Survive, like Red Bull aren't in this business to not finish yeah. first. And they were absolutely blessed for four years of back-to-back-to-back-to-back world championships. And it's getting to the point now where you like, you can say what you want about how good the Mercedes car is, and it is. It's fantastic. But it's the issue that there hasn't been two cars on any given race weekend that can actually take the fight to them unless, I mean, it hasn't been two drivers. It's just been Verstappen. Yeah. Um, apart from, you know, like crazy circumstances that happened in Monza. Um, and like Red Bull they just like I think like I don't think that they're going to be allowed especially with the engine shit that's going down Red Bull are going to be tapping them on the shoulder saying like hey like this the guy that you got rid of for this Alex Albon is now tearing it up and out for Towering. that's a goof yeah. Do not make a second goof. Like we need to bring somebody in. And it has to be. It has to be Perez or Hulkenberg. if they are to challenge Mercedes next yeah, year. Yeah, you know, that's
1: the point. Like based off the premise they've set. Sorry, yeah, not the premise, the um precedent they set Either by by dropping Gasly. Yes. Like You drop Albon. You know, at this point, Albon's been given more time in that car now. And, you know, obviously at the start, Albon was definitely performing better in that car than Gasly, but you could really argue obviously apart from the blip with a podium in magella the longer this season he's gone he that's a, he came into this season off a very good second half of the season you know rookie in the car we're all completely fine with the fact he was just producing those top 5 top 6s that's great he's you know had a solid platform and he's just trended down the whole season like his stocks have plummeted and his performance in that car has seemingly got worse and worse and worse. No, you
2: said you said that you think Albon's ceiling is out of Kvyat. I don't agree with that. I think he's had, like you said, the blips where he's shown he's got the talent, but he's just not producing week in and week out. I mean, That's Kvyat what... has
1: more podiums than he does. Oh, I, I don't. Yeah, Kvyat I didn't podium. mean it
0: as like an indictment to either. Of those drivers. You've seen
2: even this weekend, he qualified fifth. Yeah, he was looking good, and then he just he just. Makes these mistakes, and but, what but what he, strikes me is the the yeah. way he you know responds to those mistakes. Even saw this weekend when Gasly passed him, Albon's instant reaction was, "Oh, they're racing me so hard! Like that's you're 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 racing. That's the sport."
1: He he has got for that's the thing. Oh, no, actually, I that's see. The, that's the, the longer the sport goes, the season goes. The worse the more the worse and more unnecessarily whiny that he's such a sore loser. Comment yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because
1: yeah. it's like is he a sore loser or can you just not deal with people actually trying to race you? He's,
2: it's the mentality? But he also, just becomes less and less likable as the season he, goes he, on. He
0: he doesn't he doesn't have it. He doesn't have that championship mentality, and that's what I was sort of getting to with the KVF thing. Is that they're they're great drivers, like, but I think with with Albon, like he performed really well on the the Toro Rosso last year, but there's a lot of pressure that comes with a driving up the front and then B driving with accept- expectations of if you qualify fifth
2: eh well,
0: you know what I mean like fifth I fifth to Red Bull so is hard. like okay like, I don't think get into the podium fifth
1: is anything really to write home about in that car especially with how far he still is but like you want and really you want that car to be fourth and you want him to be like Max kept getting at that like him just constantly qualifying fifth that's not doing anything if
0: Max Verstappen isn't on the front row of the grid he's ready to kill himself like he's so disappointed with himself if he's not on the front row of the grid Albon doesn't seem to have that and I reckon that's probably rubbing the team off the wrong way as well because say what you want about Max being the golden child and all that sort of drama but F1 teams have always gravitated towards one guy like we see it all the bloody time but Verstappen has that like killer mentality where he doesn't He doesn't like it, like he doesn't want to accept and he doesn't like that the Mercedes are the better car. And week in and week out, he's doing everything in his power to try to stay with them. Like, you know, that famous little soundbite from Silverstone or the 70th anniversary, like, oh, we need to slow down. And he's like, I'm not going to drive like a grandma. This is the only chance I've had all season. Might be the only chance we have all season to take it to these bastards. And sure enough, he did. I don't think Albon has that in him. And that's fine, like that's honestly fine. But for a team like Red Bull that has such an unbelievable financial stake and investment into it, it doesn't look good for their brands when they've got. And particularly, that's the worst thing. It's that teammate dynamic, where like with Ferrari, you know what I mean. Like we're very, we're very aware that it's a bad car that is being given preferential treatment to Leclerc to get it ready for next year, and he's overperforming that car where we see Verstappen as that's not him overperforming the car's like potential that's where the car is it's what Albon's doing that is like not not mm-hmm. good enough like and it's just yeah like it, we come up with so many excuses every week to what it could be but i think at the end of the day like it's just a combination of factors where he didn't have a good goal of it last year like lewis hamilton and him tangles a couple of times and slowly but surely all these things sort to add up and then now it's sort of getting to a point where Maybe Red Bull aren't creating the car in a way that's good for Albon, but you're the number two driver. You've got to deal with that. Like, I don't, I wouldn't no. see Perez or Hulkenberg cracking the shits if they walk into that team and they're like, okay, so we're going to build this car around Max. They're going to be like, yep, that's well, the, fair like, enough. I'm like, sick of the excuses. Yeah, and that's the other thing as well. Albon doesn't help the and g- grow. If you bring a Perez or a Hulkenberg into that team, that's somebody that can. And it's, help not, it's, like, it. it's not
1: like Mercedes builds that car around Valtteri. They definitely build that car around Lewis. Mm. Valtteri, you know... And that's you've... You've basically... Yeah. And you've pretty much on record saying you want Valtteri out of the sport because you're... <laughs> I think he could take he's, a year off. He, he's... He's... Mu- like, he's head and shoulders above Albon with what he's contextually doing in his yes. car. Yes, yes. And that, like, you know, he's at least able to, on his day, beat his potentially greatest of all time teammate. Albon, on his day... Might close that gap to only two tenths of a second a lap,
2: mm.
1: and that's just not good enough.
2: No, yeah, I've been making excuses for Albon all year. I'm, I'm a bit tired of it. It's just you can't do it every single week. And the the, the move he did on on Kvyat this week was just bad.
1: Oh yeah, I, I said I actually. Let's we watched that just before starting recording this, and I, you know, every I said to you every time I watch it, it just looks worse and what You just where was he going? Yeah. What did he? What like? Did he think Kvyat was going to hit the brakes? Does he just not know how big his car is? Did he forget that how front wings work?
2: <laughs> Kvyat said it was unprofessional and a little bit amateurish. I mean,
1: like, it's, it's a shame, I because I like Alex Al- Alex Albon. Seems like a really great guy, nice you know, nice guy, a fun guy. Oh. But at the end of the day, in Formula One, there isn't a place to just let people be around because they're a top bloke. You've got to be getting but, I mean, results. He, on the,
2: on, he doesn't... He's short, short like, in his, in his off-race interviews, he seems nice. But when he's in that car, he just... He, he, whiny little bitch. I mean, I'm, you know? I'm not...
1: That's the I'm not too worried about what he's like, like, in car, because so many of them are. Hamilton's a whiny little bitch in the car as well.
2: Yeah, but Hamilton is a six-time world champion, right. soon to be seven. That, At that some point, you get enough wins it... to... You're allowed to be a whiny bitch if, you, if you're that good.
0: Albon hasn't earned that right yet.
2: I
1: mean... <laughs> I sort of disagree.
0: I mean, Hamil- Hamilton doesn't, you know, like, when when he did the, the pit lane, like, debacle, like, he's leading the race and then he gets, the, you know, cops a 22nd time penalty, like, and it's it's more just frustration from Hamilton, but it's a thing where, like, with Hamilton, is like you said, is that he had a bitch, he went to the stewards, but then as soon as he got back into that car, it was just yes. like full speed ahead, like, and he just went through the whole field so quickly. It's never, it's never that to Hamilton.
1: He does it; it doesn't distract his focus. He has a, yeah. he'll have it, he'll oh. have a sook, but it doesn't affect anything. You feel like with Albon, it all builds up on him, and it starts to affect his performance. He gets flustered, and the performance just falls away.
0: And you can be a funny guy and still be a good driver. Like Lando is a is an absolute goof fucking (laughs) food yeah but like you listen to him like talking like during the race and like he's like it's very clear cut like he's you know one word sentences like making sure that he understands like what he needs and like that last lap in austria was absolutely phenomenal like Mm. that's like you know that's a that's a big brain play And on top of that like danny ricardo like you know another like good soundbite from russia the other weekend is like oh you've got a five second penalty Mm. all right my bad i'll drive faster and he he is Papa Goof like he is was mm. the first F one driver of this era to actually be like a bit of a a larrikin and all like you know fun and games. But as soon as he puts that helmet on, yeah, like that's I mean, a bad man. And like doesn't have that bad man.
1: Even like you know uh, George Russell, I think there's few drivers who present the image of a consummate professional more than Russell does within the car and the paddock and that. But then away <laughs> from the track, he does. He's not he's not that Ricardo <laughs> and Norris level of being like a larrikin, but like, Russell has a very obvious great sense of humour. You watch him on the streams and stuff that he was doing with Lando and Alex and Charles and all of that. And he's got a very funny person. Or in like the rookie, um, rookie of the Year video from the last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. Now, Albon- I'm sorry, Russell has a great sense of humour in that. But he gets in the car and it's just pure focus.
2: And you see the results come for those guys. Like, Ricardo has now finished five races in a row above sixth. Yeah. And obviously he gets his first podium podium of the season and at Renault mm. you know the results are coming for these guys who just focus and get, get the job done and, mm-hmm. yeah, not
0: oh, and with that as well like Ricardo is getting the um, McLaren seat next year mm. um, and it's just that thing where it's like, like honestly and that's the thing that's so hard for Albon because it's like I look at like every other every other driver on the grid Like, I think about, like, driving that, like, second Red Bull. And I just, I don't really see, like, any driver outside of a few that couldn't drive the car as well, if not better. And that's, like, a real, like, poor indictment on him. Like, I honestly think if you put George Russell in that car, I reckon he's got a better chance to finish high. If you put Lando Norris in that car, if you put Carlos Sainz in that car, if you put Charles, you know Charles Leclerc or like Sebastian Vettel, oh man,
2: Grosjean. At this point, I agree with you. Like, and and if he can't get it together and keep that seat, I don't think there is a seat at AlphaTauri. I think they would pick up Yuki Tsunoda. Or first. you
0: just keep Kvyat, yeah, because like that's that's who Albon would become if like because that's like how it's been for a while, right? Like they have a guy in Toro Rosso, you, like you know, literally like everybody, Vettel, Danny Rick um, Max Verstappen, Danny Kvyat, Pierre Gasly, like all these guys like starting the Toro Rosso and then when they think that they've got like, you know, the potential, they bring them up to the big boy table. And so far, like the only guys, like, like they've had a bit of a lull period where Vettel, Ricciardo and Verstappen all passed with flying colours, got into the Red Bull, did some good things. Mm. But then Gasly, Kvyat and now Albon, um, not in that order, have had their time at Red Bull hasn't really gone too well. Like a younger guy's like driven really well. So there's obviously a lot of pressure. Maybe that's a team dynamic thing, right? Is that whenever you're a Red Bull driver and you see that there's a new young buck like coming up, like you're a little bit like, oh God, like, you know, am I going to lose my seat? But again, going back to drive to survive, like Horner says that, that like it's like being an F1 driver is a cutthroat business. Like you've got to have the mindset for it and like, you know, like paraphrasing, but like if you're a little worse, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not going to get by here. And, like, literally since Verstappen was given that Red Bull seat, he's taken that ball and he's fucking run with it. And he's proven that he is the guy. And and
2: AlphaTauri wouldn't want to change things up anyway. They're having their best season of their history. They're, what, 13 points odd behind Ferrari? They're nearly beating Ferrari. Hmm. They've had eight successive points finishes.
0: Gasly and Kvyat have a great relationship. Like, everything's working well. And and honestly, like, it could be a career-defining move that Albon going to Red Bull could cook his career. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep. you think that going to a big team is going to help your career. But in this one, it seems like Gasly got the, well, you know, the better shake of the sauce bottle You, could, out of you <laughs> could
1: argue it might end up being a little... It was... It's the Sergio Perez to McLaren. Yeah. Except when it's all come going to come crashing back to earth, there's too many young drivers. There's too many... There's a whole... Again, it's this whole so crop of young drivers that come in. This thing, Perez was able to, like, you know, sort of escape in that sense... He went up to McLaren, he wasn't ready, it went awful, it did t- sort of tarnish his reputation for a bit, but there was plenty of seats around and people were still to go. well, like, yeah, that wasn't great last year, but we did see what he did at Sauber, it was quite good, how would you like a seat at Force India? There just isn't that seat available, why mm-hmm. would you go, yes, yeah, sure, he's got that, but why would you take Albon, who was good, who has good, and like, they all, George and Lando and them all say Alex was very good, super competitive in those junior character but he wasn't the one winning the titles at the end of the year and that. Why would you take him for, say, like a Haas when you could have for, former Formula 3 and potential Formula 2 champion Robert Schwartzman, or, you know, the potentially Formula 2 champion in Callum Ilot, or Nikita Mazepin and all his dad's money? What like what what is what incentive is there to take Albon over him? So Sergio
2: Perez and that Mexico money, you know, baby. it's, it's he's either mm. Red Bull give him,
1: it's Red Bull give him another year. Or I honestly think Albon might be out of the sport. Yep, and that's you know that's unfortunate, but that's just and I just that's I how Formula One is.
0: Another year.
1: I neither do I. I really don't. I think that's the thing. He's now he will have had a year and a half. He's not developed, and that's the thing. Like he did fine in the half a year with zero expectations. But he has shown nothing. And, you know, Red Red Bull is too cutthroat for that. You have to perform for them. You have to succeed. And it is, again, we know it is possible. We've seen. Mark Webber was able to give Sebastian Vettel a run for his money. Daniel Ricciardo, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo left the team. But he didn't leave the team because he was, you know... Couldn't couldn't take it to Verstappen or you know the fight was too hard. He, he left the team the because he, he wanted to be yeah. the man as well. He just wanted to yeah. be the man. But otherwise, like he was, you know, him Verstappen were always very close in the championship. They were always going toe to toe. They were, you know, can you imagine? You that's the thing. Ricardo and Verstappen ran into each other in Azerbaijan. You can't imagine that happening with Albon and Verstappen because they're just never on the same piece of racetrack. The only <laughs> way that happens is if Albon messes up so badly that he hits Verstappen whilst getting lapped. Yeah. It's the only way they're going to be on the same piece of racetrack.
2: Yeah, that's, that's fair. It and seems get, like, like that the, second seed of Red Bulls cursed. I don't see him at AlphaTauri because they've just had eight successive points finishes, which is their longest, including their history, at Toro Rosso and at Minardi. And that is obviously Gasly, but it's also Kvyat's just consistency. And one thing Albon is not is consistent. No. He is the definition of inconsistent. So.
0: He tr- and he tries too hard as well. Like, I think Kvyat, like, he's like he's a very... Sm- like, not conservative in that bad sense, but, like, he understands what it does mean to con- continually, like, finish within the points. And this year, like, he's really impressed me with his ability, like, in both senses, where, like, I think in Monza, um, he was being held up a little bit by Gasly, and he asked if he could go around. They're like, oh, no, that's not really in the strategy. And he was just like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Like, you know, I'll just... I'll just keep driving. He's like,
2: embraced the number two role. Right? Yeah,
0: and like that's and that's what I think Red Bull Red Bull are lacking. And I think that maybe I don't know. Danny Ricciardo did some hoojoo voodoo like curse on it before he left. But <laughs> for whatever reason, like maybe because he's younger, maybe because he rubs people off the wrong way. But like any driver that comes in there, is immediately comparing themselves to Max which, like, you should be doing, but, like, what I think is more important, it's, like, with a guy like Verstappen, it's the same level of a Schumacher or a Hamilton um, or a Vettel at Red Bull, where it's, like, you can't honestly expect to beat this guy every single week. What you just have to do is worry about your race and make sure that you're doing the best. And since, you know, since he got turfed by Hamilton in week one, there's just been excuses for Albon. Like when, what was it, the Hungarian Grand Prix, like he was complaining about being like put out into the track in yeah. a certain position. And it's just like, bro, like I get that, but I've also played F1 2020. Like if there's a car in front of me, just slow down for 20 seconds. <laughs> like what are you fucking doing?
2: Albon, like, I understand your problems, just... bro, but I've played F1 2020. So just sit down and listen. I mean,
0: yeah, speaking yeah, sit,
1: speaking as a formula potent
0: finisher. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Now you, you know what I'm getting at, right? Like all yeah, the no. every single every single F1 driver goes through adversity. Like Lewis Hamilton goes through his fair share. Like he's had a like all things considered, like this season has probably been the most you know pear shaped Lewis Hamilton season since the McLaren years. But he's still ahead in the championship by fucking seventy yeah. points. Like because he just gets the job done. Like fun. he picks up ten. Did he get the fastest lap in Monza? Probably. Um, I believe so. I think he did. Yeah. yeah. So he gets turfed to last on the grid with like less than half the race left after a full grid restart and then proceeds to finish sixth with fastest lap. Like, you're joking. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've got the fastest car or not. Like, that was him just willing that car through a track that over that weekend had shown and his teammate had shown wasn't good at overtaking. Hamilton's like, ah, hold my beer. Yeah.
2: Uh, some people, when they yeah. face adversity, they complain and some people just get on with it and, and do their best. I think that yep. what it comes down to And that's
0: the thing like Albon is he's trying but it's just you're in you're in a team right now and you're probably in the like especially for this year like that is the hottest seat. Like yep. that is a seat with the most amount of pressure. And honestly half of that comes down to it where if Albon had 100 points, if Albon had 120 points, if he had, you know, if he was a good 20 points ahead of Ricardo, we would not be talking about him right now because that would be about where we expected to car to be. But you can't tell me right now that if we switch Danny Rick and Albon's cars, that Ricardo's going to be on 64 points and Albon would be on 78 in that exactly. Renault. Like, if Ricardo's in that Red Bull, Ricardo's winning races this year. Well, I, mean, I, like, think, I
1: think it comes down to, like, 5th place and always finishing 5th is acceptable, A, if you're on a team a little bit less than Red Bull, but also if that is what you're always doing, if, you know, you're, we talked about this last week with Sergio Perez, if that's what you're doing, if you're always finishing in that bubble of those few spots every single race, then you know what? Maybe Red Bull can live with you constantly coming fifth because it accrues and you end up with a
0: fairly solid haul. If of you can stay on the longer first but, stint and hold up the Mercedes for two laps, hold up Mercedes for two fucking laps, you're doing your job. But, he can't, even, he can't even get close enough to Hamilton when Hamilton pits. Albon's normally pitting within the first 10 laps because he's already yeah. goofed up his strategy. That's, that's like, that would be shitting Horner off to tears. Know. To tears. Yeah. yeah, And
1: that's the thing. I mean, it wasn't all that long ago. It would have only been two months ago now, whatever, in Spain. I was saying, mm, I feel bad for Albon. I think Red Bull's got a conspiracy theory against him. And that's the. it's, it's, in, it's interesting how this season's unfolded from whole... Oh, he probably should have won in Austria... Things are looking really good for Albon to or oh, Red Bull really seems to be doing everything they can to just make life harder to him. To okay, you're just you're just not very good, are you? You yeah. just
0: it's just You it's could just f- We could <laughs> go back in time with any driver, I reckon, and sort out certain moments or situations that either made like you know, made them the driver that they are today or like limited their ability to reach their like, you know, potential. And I think with F one that it's shown is that Gasly Honest to god, might never win another Grand Prix in his career. Yeah, but he had the opportunity, he had the chance, and he held off Carlos Sainz and like made sure that he won the race. I mean, right, yeah. like Alex Albon has had these moments, and like you can say whatever you want, but like as the see like as we've got more and more data, and we've been able to look at more things that Albon does. Like I wanted to believe that Hamilton was, you know. Like, he was being a bad driver and that he, like, was deliberately, like, pushing him off and yada yada. But, like, you even look like he brought up the, the incident with Kiviad on the weekend. Albon just drives in a certain way where, like, he seems to think that, like, they're going to move out of the way yeah. for him or something like that or that, like, everybody should be scared. And, like, I've, there's been a lot of people that have come out and said that Lewis Hamilton, like, honest to God, is probably the the cleanest greatest driver that we've ever seen in terms of like he just races like he doesn't want to get in like he doesn't do the center tactics or the Schumacher tactics outside of slowing Nico down to try to get Vettel to overtake him in Abu Dhabi he's never done anything that has put another driver into danger and now that we look at Albon we go yeah like It makes so much sense now. Of course, a guy that's won six world championships and has tied for the most amount of race wins wouldn't be intentionally trying to bin a guy driving a Red Bull. Albon just put his car into a wrong position and Lewis Hamilton knows his car's width and knows where that car can go to like an eighth of an inch. Mm -hmm. I
1: mean, there, there, there is a, you know, photos taken seconds before disaster meme of Alex Albon probably as he just starts to pull out of Hamilton's slipstream in the rundown to turn three in Austria. Because mm. that, that was that, that's, as you said, there's those moments, and that's that moment. That moment there, because if he'd waited, if he'd won that race, if he'd won that race and then had the season he's had, and we've said that, you'd be like, ah, well, you know, yeah, look, A, he probably wouldn't have had the season he's no, had. He no, yeah, so exactly. he would have. Yeah, exactly. But even if he had, you'd still be going, well, I think he'd have 25 more points, in which case he would be a clear-cut fourth of the championship, I believe, and we'd all be going, okay, look, it's not been a great year, but look, he did win that race. He showed us what he can do. Instead, we're obviously talking about it. He got no points that weekend, and he's just had miserable result after miserable spot. and here we are. We all very clearly, all three of us, feel that Albon shouldn't be on the Formula 1. Well, not, that he not that he shouldn't be on the grid next season, but we feel he shouldn't be in the Red Bull seat, and thus, as a result of all the circumstances around it, he shouldn't be on the grid because mm-hmm. there isn't a spot for him to go. If he's not at Red Bull, he's out of the grid and he shouldn't be at Red Bull.
2: Yeah. You mentioned Danny Ricciardo put a voodoo spell on that Red Bull seat. I hope he's not doing that to, to Renault because I have enjoyed Renault's recent weeks. Haven't you just? I'm it's just, good. I'm just mad at you for putting
1: in the segue oh, been... just as I was about to open my mouth to segue to Ricardo.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I beat you to it, mate, so fucking nut
0: up and take it like a champ. Um... I love it. Like, I remember at the start of the season, <laughs> looking at that Renault livery, I was like, God damn, that's a sexy car, but I was like, too Person bad it's going to be, be shit.
2: Yeah, and the, their engine have, has had more issues with McLaren than their own cars, which is probably just a Cyril master masterstroke, you know. Oh, yeah. We'll just give McLaren the shit engines, we'll keep the good ones for ourselves.
1: They're just there, like, you know, like strength testing or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. the performance testing, the engines are like, all right, this one is a... Uh, the, 5 star or oh, only a 4.2 yeah it's a McLaren this
2: one is 2 star engine we give it to uh, Carlos at Spa huh?
1: <laughs> he's uh, getting uh, too many points we need to bring him <laughs> back down a bit
2: yeah. uh, Renault are only Morgane Vessette they're only what 6 2 points behind McLaren now and 6 points it. behind what Racing a, what Point a,
1: what a ding dong
2: it is a bit of a ding dong it's been the ding is donging good.
1: over there with what, just six points from third to fifth?
2: Yeah, Racing Point, McLaren, and Renault. It's those three. And I mean, Fernando Alonso um, got into the car for the first time the other day. And, you know, he's not a man to mince his words. He was very positive. He was like, you know what? I haven't settled in quite, you know, entirely just yet. But he, he's feeling it. He's well, like, as I said,
1: it. I think I mentioned. Yeah, Ricardo has said um, mm. that it's no longer a hit and miss car. Yeah. Now, on that top point, we should probably mention it because we haven't really addressed it yet. And we're all Australian. <laughs> and we're being very, very un Australian right yeah. now. But Cyril Abitbol is getting a tattoo. Yeah. And that's the biggest deal in Australian motorsport in for well, about two years.
2: That's harsh on Oli Piastri.
1: That's a fair point. <laughs> but yes, obviously, Ricardo, finally, finally, we were getting a little bit worried. When Monza came and went and it didn't happen, they looked like they'd taken a backward set from Belgium. It was even more concerning when he had it in the bag at Magello and somehow lost it out to the worst driver on the grid, Alex Albon. <laughs> but Daniel Ricciardo has his first Renault podium, first podium since he won in Monaco in 2018. That's right. It was a great day to be Australian. It was a great but also awful day to be Cyril Ibidobol, which meant it a great day to be anyone else who exists on this planet.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just good all around.
0: It was good all around. Spencer. That's oh, so I said earlier in the year. He's going to win the championship next year. This is just the first step. No, I think it's it's good. I think Renault would probably prefer if um, Ocon was leaving and Ricardo was staying. Um, but <laughs> I think, you know... Obviously, Ferrari not being there this year, two less cars I have to worry about. So, like we were saying, that six points between uh, Racing Point, McLaren, and Renault has definitely um, closed the gap. But um, it's it seems like Renault have definitely been like the the smoky, I think, from the start of the season in terms of if you would ask me which car I think would improve the most from week week one to now, I probably would have put all my money on the McLaren. Um, and since then, despite Ocon maybe not being the you know the best driver um, week to week, I think Danny Ricardo has really taken on that number one status that I think, you know, we said earlier he was craving um, when he left Red Bull. Um, and I think it's, like, I just hope that the he doesn't leave Renault and then McLaren, you know, turn to doo-doo and then Renault start doing really that's, well.
1: That's my, that's starting. I don't MVP, know if he's yeah, cursed. Like,
0: like, I don't, like... But I, yeah, like, we're going to look at what's in front of us right now. Like I think Ricardo, I think McLaren are very happy right now, looking towards next year that they're going to have Danny Ricardo and Lando Norris, because I don't think Lando's ready for that number one driver status just yet. Um, but this year, with the issues that Carlos has been having, um, you know, some out of his control, some in his control, uh, McLaren look like they're going to have a really tidy package um, next year, as long as they get that McLaren power unit um, into the car properly. So. he's he's fourth he's He's fourth in the world championships like that's yep that's great like despite the fact that obviously Perez missed two races um, but he's only had one retirement this year and that was in the first race of the season like since then um, he's only had two finishes outside of the points and as you said just yeah five consecutive um, top six finishes so it's like we were sort of saying this year like where do we think this car should be where is his teammate putting it where is he going um, Danny ricciardo has been getting tick tick ticks the last
2: I think right, if we was. did that, that mid season grades that we did earlier, mm. Renault would be a lot
0: higher. Well oh, definitely. I think we ragged on Renault really bad in that. A <laughs>
1: lot of our early episodes, we were pretty harsh on Renault. We, were we, we on Rena. weren't even sure they were part of the midfield. It was yeah. Ferrari it was, you know, McLaren, racing and Ferrari. I know they're currently fifth in the championship, but you could make a real especially in terms of quality of driver lineup feel like you can make a real strong case that as the season draws to a close this Renault is the third best car on the grid and it's if you put a better if you put I reckon because I reckon if you put Lance Stroll this is going to come from where I hit but if you put Lance Stroll in that Renault instead of Esteban Ocon he's definitely outscored what Ocon's done yes some love for Stroll
2: some love for Lance yeah neither of them I mean he's better than Ocon I'll take it neither
1: of them should be on the grid though but
2: oh my god that's so harsh (laughs)
1: But yeah, but I think I reckon because I think I think Ricardo is pace is the true pace of this Renault. Maybe true pace plus only a little bit, but Ocon's is the true pace minus like let's say Ricardo is the Renault's true pace plus two. Ocon's operating at like true play, pace minus ten. And I reckon that's probably the biggest swing out of any of the six midfield drivers. So I think the fact that Ricardo is fourth probably is an illustration that that car is the third best.
2: Yeah, you mentioned the percentages of points gotten. I reckon Ocon's pretty damn low for Renault there.
1: As I said, Ocon was at a thirty-one. It's only yeah, only yeah. a slightly narrower margin than the Red Bull Golf.
2: It's a big weekend for Renault. It was their first podium since Nick Heidfeld achieved the feat at two thousand eleven in Malaysia. He wasn't the lowest in the way. I mean, it's only
0: there. um, only Lewis Hamilton has. Like is the only driver this year to not um, retire um, during the race. Obviously, Valtteri like lost his um, streak last week. God,
1: I hate Lewis Hamilton. But you take you so take Hamilton
0: much. out of the equation, yeah. and Ricardo since his retirement, has had you know all finishes like in the on the grid. You look through the rest of the pack, and that hasn't been the case for a lot of drivers. And um, know, like Lando and Albon this mm-hmm. week as well actually lost their um, perfect finishes record. It just goes to show that you know it does like we've been talking about it where in order yeah. to get mileage you know put new parts in the car get mileage see if they work you've got to get the car to the finish line and credit to ricardo because again like the i keep going back to the Russia incident where i think a daniel ricardo of old in that second seat at red bull i does i don't think he reacts that way um in that same situation like i think he acts a lot more hot-headed and angry but you can sort of see him like maturing and growing as a driver and obviously i'm dead shit bias because I love the bloke and he's an Aussie um, but it has <laughs> been really good to see him sort of take those next steps and like if you're like you know five straight like finishes in the points um, at the moment in the last five races it's only him and Hamilton to do that that's great
1: he's he's starting to once again show just that ability that the we motherfucking knew honey knew the fact that he is he, he is someone <laughs> Who deserves to be in that discussion of, you know, someone who is capable of Tier 2 driver.
0: He's 100% in the Tier 2 driver category.
1: He, he should be. I mentioned earlier, if the whole like Hamilton suddenly doesn't leave, he if if Hamilton was to suddenly I'm sorry, bail on Mercedes, again, Ricardo is someone who should be in their frame to attempt to buy him out of this contract he's just signed with McLaren. Because he would produce the results for them.
2: Will the tattoo just be a honey badger? Just be that cop out, or what do you what do you reckon? I'd love him to bring McLaren to the is years.
1: Just I'd Fucking fuck that. A full like Both. a f- like a full like cheek sized tattoo of Ricardo's face on <laughs> a <billetable's> cheek.
2: <laughs> just on his face, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. It'll be on his like it'll be on his arm somewhere or something like that, or maybe on his calf.
1: Or just like. Like a full size, face, like full size whole butt cheek, just Ricardo's. Yeah, face. no,
2: I, I can see it happening. At the end of the race, I think, you know, Max got the fastest lap, got the second, and then Christian Horner just comes through, and yeah. And Daniel got P3, so <laughs> Cyril's gonna get his tattoo, and they just both had a little cheeky They chuckle. did, they did. They hated it. So, oh, like.
1: man. <laughs> um, again, I think that obviously we talked about it a bit, but you know, it does. The consensus seems to be that, um,. We won't be needing, um, yeah, the Red Bull won't be needing to go back to Renault. They will be able to work something out, whether it be finding another big that or finding a small market, like a, you know, independent supplier. Buying yeah. out, no, no, like a <laughs> Cosworth or something and buying yeah. out the intellectual property of Honda's engine and okay. then just effectively repackaging that as, you know, a Red Bull Cosworth or Red Bull Mechachrome or Red Bull Dave's Auto Shop.
2: Red Bull Dave's auto shop does have a ring to it. It really actually. does. That's really good. Okay. Well, fair enough. But yeah, that that midfield battle is so so reasonable. It's just it's just a pleasure to watch each like. Each I will week.
1: say, um, big shout outs to me for making a point about Sergio Perez um, being on track to sort of top the midfield, barring maybe Ricardo. Based off the points he'd been scoring in the races, he was in only being down at the bottom of the midfield because of his two race. Stint on the sideline, he has in one round leapfrogged that entire midfield to now only be behind Ricardo.
2: Yeah, he killed
1: so, it. So um, I am clearly an ostradamus <laughs> That's the
2: that's what you went for, Nostradamus? Yes, Astrodamus. Okay, fair enough. I, I can respect that. I mean, oh, Red Bull. Sorry, Racing Point of thirds right now on points, hundred and twenty, and Perez leads the team with sixty eight. And you got Lance Stroll, 57. And then the king, yes. the beast, the god, on, Nico Hülkenberg, has of 10 points. racing point,
1: before we wrap this all up, we mm. should really pay homage to the man himself.
2: We've only been going for an hour. We I can know. keep going.
1: No, I know, no, no. but I mean, we've got... I think we've just about covered everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what we need to pay homage to the man himself, Nico Hülkenberg. Obviously, Lance Stroll woke up on um, Saturday morning with a bit of a cough because he's a little bitch.
2: You, um, you don't need to kick a man while he's down. He might oh, have had food poisoning, do. mate.
1: Oh, just fucking take your shit in your race suit then. get on. It with was it. a
2: very cold weekend in Germany.
1: Fucking Mark Webber went driving around Fuji while throwing up in his helmet. So, you know, just tough <laughs> up. But Lance Stroll was sick, was unable to race... Nico Hulkenberg wasn't even around this thing. At least with Perez, they had a bit of an idea, and they could get him in a couple of days early and all of that.
2: Oh, with Perez, he came in, like, with an hour okay. before yeah, practice. Yeah, sorry, but,
1: like, there was still... That was before practice on the first day. This yeah. was Saturday. He was, like, five hours away in Cologne or something, having coffee. He had to <laughs> hustle his way over the racetrack. They got him into the car. I think it was only, like, ten minutes before FP3 started. Mm-hmm. He barely got to do any No, he didn't running. drive in practice. I don't no, he, actually, yeah, you're right. He just he didn't came even qualify. He didn't even get to do FP3. Yes, of course, because they only made the decision that. So, yeah, his first stint in the car was qualifying. Qualifying, understandably, didn't go brilliantly for him. He qualified last. Yes, he was slower than both asses, both if well, You qualify last or slower Latici. than everyone else, Matthew. Uh, I'm yeah, aware. That's how that works. But um, in the race, then he got off to a good start. I think he gained about four spots on the opening lap, and yes. then he just steadily worked his way through to a very impressive P eight finish and two valuable points for Racing Point, considering mm-hmm. how close the midfield battle. And the single most deserved Driver of the Day award in the history of Formula One. Facts. <laughs>
2: Agreed. He was helped, of course, by um, a couple of. Was it one safety car because of Lando Norris? There was
1: there was a safety car. He was obviously helped by Bottas and Norris, and arguably Albon, all Ocon retiring as well. from to dock and retire.
2: Yeah, he had a hydraulics issue. That's how
1: much I don't care about him. I didn't even realize <laughs> he had a hydraulics but he, so issue. So he was mate. helped by some cars retiring from point scoring positions. But nevertheless, he still put himself up there, and I think he would have been battling about where a lot of those guys probably would have been racing anyway. Mm-hmm. So he may well have still come home in front of them. Yeah, just, again, another another real fine show of Hulkenberg showing just what he can do for a team. Uh, You'd have to think, he's got to be signed to someone, at least as a reserve driver. But again, a really good case that he should have a seat in the grid next season.
2: He's now had the same amount of top 8 finishes as Sebastian Vettel this year.
1: He's outscored him in the last 5-7 Grand Prix. He's only 7 points behind him in the championship, despite having competed in only 2 races. <laughs>
2: That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we mentioned last week that Haas are considering 10 drivers for their 2 seats. And, you know, Ilot uh, wasn't one of them, so we, 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 we discussed Yeah, we, and
1: we've worked out it's Roman Grosjean, Kevin Magnussen, Grosjean, Magnussen, Roman, Kevin, K-Mag, R-Gro, oh
2: my God,
1: Mag no. and Gro. Well,
2: Hulkenberg is obviously there. You, you would need certainly to be... hope so. And obviously Perez. Hulkenberg is a guy. I mean, maybe, they, maybe Renault just drop-lock on and slot Nico back into his old seat. Oh, but that'd I don't know. That would
1: be nice. I think we'd all... Everybody likes that.
2: Everybody does like that. But yeah, he's a spectacular performance mm. of course we
1: know a Spencer wants Hulkenberg to be. I think Red Bull Yeah,
0: they don't put him oh. in there they got rocks in their fucking head do you honestly. pick him or Perez
1: Hulkenberg Hulk 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 because if you've got any shred of decency you want to give him a chance to get that podium this
2: sport isn't about decency we've covered this maybe.
1: I know but also who Echel do you think Schoen- is the better driver
0: Hulkenberg oh, it works out better for everybody lady, involved like but Red Bull don't need I the think money
1: Hulkenberg is a better fit mm. I I think Hulkenberg will be more happy to be the really good understudy to Verstappen whereas Perez especially because if Perez goes there he will also be injecting his 45 million dollars of Mexican money or whatever and he understandably brings a certain level of entitlement with that of I want to be the man Mm. And I think, like, he's not got a absolute arsehole. Unders- like, he can back up this that, but, like, Perez is probably... I don't know if he's more of an alpha than Hulk, because I think Hulk is very alpha, but he's... Hulk he wants is also to, just
2: such a nice guy, he
1: wants. Right? He wants to be... he's going to want to be the guy, and I think I could see Perez clashing with Verstappen, potentially, whereas Hulkenberg would be, I think, much more chill, especially having been out of the sport for a year now. Of just being like, yeah, I know I'm the number two guy, I'm just going to go out there, maybe I'll get to pick up a couple of race wins, mm. bang out, finally get the podium, consistently top four, you know, outrace Valtteri sometimes, run into Lewis at least once, and it's all smiles.
2: <laughs> it's all smiles, it's all happy dappy. Oh dear. And you think Hulkenberg is a better driver there, Spence, as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Perez's Mexico money will be better suited to a team that doesn't really need the funds. Um, and I think that's another thing as well to think about is Perez is a good driver. Um, but, you know, a lot of the – he kept his position at um, the then Force India over Ocon because he was bringing a lot more money. Um, so I think when it comes down to whether like what you want in terms of like, a race performance um, – like, Hulkenberg going from 20th to 7th, I think, is awesome. Um, and if I recall eighth. correctly, 8th, oh, sorry, um, I don't think Hulkenberg has really ever had a seat in a top top class team. So, I mean, obviously with Perez, like, he had that the stint for, early. He's
1: he actually had a history of um, leaving at the wrong times as well, I think. Mm. He left Sauber.
0: So I think there might be a or little Force bit India. of like. One of
1: the, he left Sauber. He had the less Sauber for Force India or Force India for Sauber. And then the year after. The car he left had like their best ever season for a long time and he probably would have got a podium that year. Yeah. Um but like that's all and he's also did he, he spent a year in Williams at some point. Like he's raced for Williams, force India and Sauber. Oh, right. and That's his four teams. He's never been in a team that was in contention to win races.
0: Make a change
2: next year. Alright, fair enough. Holkenberg's a choice there. I can I can I can agree with that. A couple of quick things, I think, um, the McLaren engineers need to talk less. That's something I learned on the weekend. Oh, they do.
1: But every, if you <laughs> listen to enough, every single driver has that moment of don't talk to me while I'm racing. Like Yeah, you know, but they all...
2: both, both of them did. They did both, no. yes. And Valtteri Bottas needs to go back to church. Because after, after Mugello, he went to church straight away to pray away his bad luck. He wins Russia clearly he didn't go back to church because
1: I didn't realise Bartiru Baltus was deeply religious
2: I don't know he was was after Mugello fair enough maybe it was just desperation brought him to the Lord
1: desperate times could for death matches I think he better serve just never mind (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well I think in that case that brings us to the end of another week Um, as always I've been Matt that's been Jashan He's been Spencer, and this has been Rear of the Grid.
0: Grazie. It's win number 91. The record is equaled. Schumacher and Hamilton, the most successful drivers of all time in terms of race wins. Hamilton takes the Eiffel Grand Prix. Get in there, Lewis.